You know what? God just wants to encourage us. God wants to encourage us. Can we do this? Oh, I'm feeling fun today. You know it says that we have out of the belly flows rivers of living water, right? So can we do something together right now? Can you start releasing your river in this place? Out of you? Come on. Each of you right now, you declare. And I'll teach you if you're, you're like, ah, this is feeling, like, I'm feeling a little dry. I don't know if I have anything to give. I got you a secret I do all the time. See, if it says that out of the belly is full of living water, right? And it's gushing. So I just go like this. And it flashes in my face. <laughs> Seriously, come on. There's keys of the kingdom. Oh, it's so good. Come on. That's why I stir myself up all the time. I'm like, come on. Boom, boom. Oh, right on. Why not, right? Because that's the word. The word is truth and it never comes back void. So if he says I got a river, let's just keep it coming. I meant flood this place. Flood this place, Lord, because I like it. When you guys start releasing it, I get it. I'm a little selfish that way maybe, but that's okay. Hey, I'm hungry. When Justin's praying, I want to be the first one getting it, man. That was like when somebody's, who, who cares if he's 22 years old? He's got the spirit of God, which is, has no beginning or no end in him. They don't. Be, be careful never to despise the, the young or the old. There's people that have a story in this place that you have no idea about, that have walked through things that if, if you only knew, you'd be at their feet begging for an impartation. Whew. It is. Thank you, Jesus. I love him. Oh, man. Today I'm going to talk about pro- the process, which is really easy for me because I, it's something that it's it just... I love to try to share with people because I watch so many people fighting to get through life. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and they're trying to figure out their identity. They're confused. But life and the journey of the walk with the Lord is a process. So often we try to get, we, get, we have A, we're at A right now, and, we're, and then we see B, and we're so concerned about getting to B that we don't even, we don't even live the journey. We're just so focused, and then we beat ourselves because we haven't got to B yet because God hasn't actually grown us to get to be yet because we haven't allowed him to because we're so focused. We're not being present. Have you ever done something before and you're like, I, I can do this. This is my person. I get so excited that I'm so focused on like a fun buying something or getting something that I miss the journey. <laughs> like literally, I'm like, where did that week go? I was so excited about Saturday, so I was so like just trying to get to Saturday. But I missed. What did I miss? Being present is so important. So, What's the, de- uh, what's the definition, definition of process? A series of actions or, or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. Let's read this here. You are a light. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. Psalms 119.05. So if, his, if he's the lamp... And it's on the path. How far? It doesn't say it's a spotlight shooting over there. He's showing your feet. He's showing you where you need to walk. We need to enjoy the moment and let him be the light in front of us. You know, it's Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts I have for you. Actually, I'll read this here because there's different versions. Uh, the New King James Version, it says, For I know the thoughts I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. That's New King James Version. The thing is, is a lot of people, and this is a, this is a theology, so we have to, there could be other points of views, but I'm going to show you this, this point. Jeremiah 29, 11 in the NIV, which a lot of people, like I was raised with, says this, for I know the plans I have for you. The problem with, 
That is that word that's used for thoughts in the New King James Version and the word for plans is that it's 28 times in the Strong's it's used for thought and 12 times, um, six times for purpose and only, um, well, it doesn't show any for plans, so I don't know about that. But the fact is, is that we live with a purpose. You, each one in this room, have a purpose. Because, see, when God gave us, in his sovereignty, he gave us free will. If he just says, I have a plan for you, Sharon, what if she goes the wrong way for a minute? What if she going to screw it all up? And that's a lot of ways people live. They're so worried of missing the plan. Do you get what I'm saying? God has a, you can mix words up. But there's a difference between a purpose. I was called for something. The purpose on my life is different than the purpose on Justin's or Chris's or, or Sharon's or Donna's or yours. But it does, there's not only one way to get there. It's like, okay, this is, let's take it out of like too spiritual here. And again, this is my, my understanding. So, you're looking, young guy's looking to get, Justin's looking to get married sometime here. Or anybody, right? He could be so concerned because, uh-oh, I have to find the one. Uh-oh, Kevin, you don't believe in the one? Well, hear me out for a second. That's a scary thought. Like, and and I, 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 I've heard people believe it. You know how scary to think that you're going to have to find one out of the four billion girls in this world? No, that's scary. He's got a purpose, and God has an ama- is such a good father, and he's going to bring different women, and, and women, into, uh, women of God into his life, and he's going to have to make a choice because he's got free will. And God's more concerned with his heart and her heart. And then when they make a choice to marry, when covenant's made, then it's the one. Now you get me? I believe in the one. When covenant's made, it's the one. But until covenant's made, it's not the We have to break off. We get so spiritual sometimes that it actually knocks us out of where we're trying to get to. We're so worried about getting somewhere. Oh, here's... I got I to stop getting off my nose. That's okay. No, for, being part of the charismatic Pentecost movement, I love the prophetic. I love the prophetic. But the problem sometimes with the prophetic is that you go to a meeting, and I, say Bob goes to a meeting, and Bobby Connor calls him out and says, dude, you're called to crusades, signs, and wonders, da, 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 da. And he gets excited, and everyone comes, Bob, that's amazing word. That's so cool. I didn't know you had that in you. Oh, yeah, 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 I, I, I desired that. That's all. And he does. It's good. He read it right. It's good. And then Bob goes home and lives life, goes to another conference. Bob gets called out by Brett Borthwick. Dude, you're called to signs, wonders, miracles, crusades, Africa, all this stuff. And then Bob goes, everyone goes, oh, that's amazing word. It's amazing words. And, and then he's at home. Bob's going, God, why am I not doing crusades? Where's the Crusades? I'm excited about the Crusades. When, when's Africa? When's the Crusades? When's India? Then he goes to another conference. And then Bob Jones calls him out. You're called to this. Bob Jones might look at him and say, no. But same thing. The problem is Bob just keeps on going home. He's waiting to get to Africa when he hasn't even gone to the streets. He hasn't even talked to his neighbor. Sometimes we just miss out because we're not actually stepping out at all. So, oh, it's crazy. <laughs> I have learned, honestly, sometimes it's easier to just train somebody to do something if they come with a passion to do something. It's easier because sometimes if you, somebody goes, oh, I have this word, I have this word, I'm supposed to do something, but they just think God's going to go, poof, there you go. No, there's a process, and I'll get to it. It's all over the word. Everybody has a process. 
You don't just show, and you, and you start. Like I said, it's way easier to find somebody passionate about something because they're not going to quit. Well, uh, I tried to go on outreach, but it didn't work out very well, so God must be wrong. When's my crusade coming? I got crusades. Like seriously, in the charismatic movement, it sometimes becomes like our, our prophetic words that are like really huge and awesome. They become our like validation for people. It's like I'm not really doing anything, but I'm going to tell you what has been told to I'm going to do. Oh, wow. Oh, man. I'm going to be careful here. This is just coming out of heaven. No, seriously. We, I, and this is a good thing because I'm going to talk about God loves the journey. He loves the journey because he actually, see, again, I use the word genie. He doesn't want to just do it that way because he wants to get to know you. He wants relationship. He wants to be a, who knows, if anyone that's a dad, if I'm just going to take, when my kids get old enough to drive, if I just go, if I don't ever teach them to actually value anything and just go give them, I can't, but if I did, give them a Lamborghini, he's probably just going to go waste it. Oh, no, you, you, any of a father, I, man, I've had to learn this because I love, I'm, I love giving to my kids, right? So Donna's like, Kevin, you have to like, let them actually realize. She's taught me this because I just keep on giving them stuff. And I'm like, no, I didn't get that when I was a kid. I'm going to give that to you. But uh, no, but he loves the journey, right? Let's read some more scripture to make this better. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. You got to be, to be, we have to be fully engaged with the plan. We have to get back to, so what's your purpose? Right? Well, I, uh, I've never had a prophet tell me my purpose. You don't need a prophet to tell you a purpose. You're a child of God. And if you actually don't know and you've actually asked the Lord and he still hasn't revealed it to you, just stick with the word. It's really good. It tells you first your, your, your identity. You're a child of the king. And, and that sometimes, you know, honestly, sometimes he doesn't want to tell you the big picture until you get that out. Because I've met people that have found the, heard the big picture, and it doesn't look good at the end. They're going for it, and they didn't get the identity right. So the first, me, you guys, you know how God works sometimes? He's, he loves children, like us as children. It doesn't matter how old you are. What I mean children is, when you first get out there, ask somebody who does a lot of evangelism. When you first get out, the first time you go evangelizing, it is so easy to get people saved and miracles. Why? Because he's putting that, like, carrot in front of you. Ooh, isn't it good? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's an ease. But then he goes, oh, now you're learning, and maybe you should spend some time with me so you can portray me better. And it all of a sudden grows. And it grows but then it actually takes something because it says in Scripture that it's uh, for the glory of kings to search out a matter. What that Scripture is saying is that, that as a king, as a maturity, it is it's actually part of the goodness of God that you get to search him out and he doesn't just give it to you. At first, he'll give you all you want because he wants you to realize how good he is. But in his goodness, he wants you to now say, hey, I'm, I want to raise you up properly so you don't just become another firecracker. Now, we, we have so many firecrackers. You guys, part of this, part of this message, the process I'm coming out of is that it is getting crazy. I'm not going to put it down here, but it's crazy how many people are falling. Literally, in the body of Christ. Like, I've never heard, maybe I've just not heard it before, but it's insane. And I believe a lot of it is not going through the process. Because the process involves people. It involves community. 
which I'm going to get to Willis. He's getting all excited. Yes, come on. Because when we're walking through something, did you know that you guys, we are the students and the father's the teacher? So if we remember when you were in school, did you get to pick what lesson you were doing? Because he knows what's best. If you're wondering what season you're in, and it's not, oh, oh this is so good. Oh, I forget. Larry Randolph shared this years ago. He's, uh, he's some prophet guy. He's awesome. And so he literally, <laughs> well, some people don't know who he is. He's just real awesome. He's legit. The Lord spoke to him once. He, he was tell, actually speaking to the Bethel, Bethel School like this like 10 years ago. He literally was telling them, he says, a lot of people get frustrated because they've been given, they don't know why they feel like they're in a, a, a gridlock. They're not going anywhere. And he said, one day he had the Lord spoke to him. He says, do you know, Larry, why I do that? And he said, it's because I actually don't want them to live in sin. Because I've already told them what to do, and they haven't done it. So if I give them anything else to do, they're going to be living in sin because they first haven't done what I've told them to do. And, he, and that Larry's word was to, the, to the, the students at that time was, if you don't know what to do, go back and find out what the last thing he said and do it. It'll change your life. Whew. Good. Last time I did this, like a year ago, I started this message on process. And so I don't want to go. I did a lot on the whole Nehemiah thing. You know when Nehemiah built the wall? I'm not going to go here, but I just wanted a reminder because I really feel it's a huge point. What, was, what did Nehemiah tell everyone to do? Build the wall in front of them. It is not your wall, your wall. It's what's he asking you to do. What is he asking you to do? Because you know what? It affects the community. Anyone, if you understand anything with a wall, if there's an openness in anywhere in that wall, it's, he's going to sneak in. So if you don't look after your wall, you're affecting everyone else in this room. Because you guys are important. You actually are connected. We were never meant not to live together. Good. Ah. Don't rush the process. <laughs> Be, oh, I like this word. Being out of season is so dangerous. Being so dangerous. So let's just look at some guys so we can, uh, I'll feel better as my Mennonite blood, my Baptist blood. I was worried I don't have enough word in here. Um, David. You guys all know David, right? Well, what happened to David? This is... For the sake of time, I want to keep going, so I'm not going to read. So I, I'll tell you some scripture chapters you can write down if you want to check it out. 1 Samuel 16, 5 to 13. This is when Samuel comes to anoint the king in Jesse's house, right? You guys all know that? Making sure, because a lot of the church doesn't know the word. Do you know that? I've heard some crazy stats. So Jesse um, comes to Jesse's house. The story is, guess what? None of the brothers the dad brings is the king, are good enough. Nothing, technically not, it's the one that God hasn't picked. This is the crazy thing the Lord told me when I was saying this. How often are we so worried, this is maybe or not, but a lot of, the, like a lot of conference people and stuff, I noticed that we're so worried we're going to miss a conference because we're going to miss what God's plan was. Have you ever been there? No, seriously, he's like, oh, I missed that. Oh, shoot, I might have missed what God wanted from me. Oh, my word. God's bigger than that. Dude, David wasn't invited to the, to, the, to the prophetic meeting. He wasn't even invited at his own house. But guess what? I want to give you some hope because this is the kind of hope we're getting to. 
is that you'll get to the meeting, you'll get to the prophet will find you when he needs to be there. Because, but this is the key, because David wasn't wandering the, the streets, he was doing what was right in front of him. He was looking after the sheep because that's what he was called to do. He knew his place and he wasn't trying to become, that we know wasn't trying to become something else. Do you think he didn't hear about it? There's no way because if you study, when, when a prophet came in that time, it was like everyone knew about it. But David had to wait. It's crazy. That's a humble situation. Then he becomes king and get, uh, he has anointed king and guess what happens? He has to go back to work with the sheep. Doesn't that suck? How many have felt that? That's the guy going home. That's Bob going back home. Right? But Bob needs to get out and start doing something. Make his way. Let's get some people saved. You guys, yes. You have to start walking something out. So then we jump over to, oh, man. Go, okay, now we got the whole David and Goliath story, right? 1 Samuel 17, 28. So now David shows up. Now this is always a hard part because David's still David and his family. This is, this is something we have to get. David shows up, but he's been with Jesus. He's been with the Father. He's been hanging out with him, with the sheep, doing what he's supposed to do. So he hasn't been distracted. He hasn't been distracted by the Philistine army. Isn't that cool? He hasn't been hearing the taunts every day because he stayed in front of his wall building it. So he came with a fresh perspective. The problem is, is that when that person comes with a fresh perspective, so often what we do, get away, David. David, you have such a big head. You think you can take this on Goliath on? Who do you think you are, David? You're my brother. Little brother, how often do we look? We have to be so careful that the person next to you might be the giant killer. Actually, everyone in this room is a giant killer. So you have to make sure you have the eyes of the Father. Because what if they went to the point of saying, we know the story, but what if they went to the point of David, just get back to your sheep? No, because there was a, must have been a grace on David's life, because when you read that, why would they let the little guy go do this? Because you know the outcome. If he doesn't, didn't beat Goliath, we all know the... See, we all read the Bible going, well, David's amazing, he, he took off Goliath. But if he didn't, you know what happened to the Israelites? They would have been screwed. They had to serve the Philistines. So, then you have David go try to put on other people's ar Saul's armor. How often do we do that? We try to do it somebody else's way. We are not to look like each other, other than looking like Jesus. But we have to know our identity. We have to know who we are. When we have to be able to be a we have to be able to kill the giant when we know we're ready. The other day I was talking to somebody, and it just, I just felt this was such a revelation. The person was struggling with, they know what they're called to do. They know what's there to do. They know the giant that's in front of them. The problem, no, it's not even a, to me, we can't, it's not even a problem. They've come to see where Goliath is, and it's just the truth is where they're in life right now. Not that they're in sin. Not that they don't love Jesus. But they come and they go, I don't, I, don't, I don't have it right now to do that. You know what? I want to let you know, it's okay to go back and look after the sheep for a while. I felt to speak that. We don't destroy yourself because the enemy then uses them because that's what the discussion was. The enemy was trying to mess with their mind and say, 
What are you, you're missing it. You're missing God's plan. You're not doing what he's asked you to do because you're giant sitting there. We know you're giant, so why are you scared of it? It is okay to go always okay back to the Father. You guys, it's not a, that's not a humility, like not even a, a bad thing. You can never lose going back to him. If you're not ready, go back. Get built up. Don't try to be a casualty of war. Don't try to get out of your lane. Because when you're out of your lane again, it comes back to community. Now you're hurting your community again. Because that's, you, you didn't throw the, you didn't even, because what happens when you do that? I'll tell you, when you come and not be ready to kill your giant, you come and you try to put soul's armor on. And you wobble out there and then Goliath just steps on you. I'm like, seriously, it's not good. Oh, man. David's plan started with the sheep. I love this in, uh, oh, no, I don't have that verse right here. I do have it somewhere. But, um, and then there's those bad times. Now you, you move forward. You've got David. He's killed Goliath. Okay, you guys, he's killed Goliath. He's anointed king. But Saul still is the king. This is good. He had to wait. He was in a process. He wasn't ready to be king or else God would have put him there. Right? Because we trust that God has knows what's best timing, right? Right? That's huge. And so he goes, and the very hardest part is, it's the very thing that he's supposed to get to. There's a guy sitting in there in the castle while he's hanging out in the cave. Sometimes you just need to hang out in the cave and learn to be king. He had 400 men around him. They're ready to take on the world with him. He became, you guys, he betrayed, God trained him in the cave. He didn't train him in the, in the castle later on. He had to learn. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. And then you got, you get this, um, Ziglag. We, I, I, I'm jumping through this real fast. But then you got David at Ziglag. What happened to Ziglag? The Amalites took his family, took their women, the children. This is a huge process. What happens when something doesn't work out? Who's living today? Who's never had anything go wrong? Especially when you're journeying with the Lord. Oh, no, seriously. You're like, you're, you, you're out there, you're believing, where we are all stirred up, we're believing that for, for signs, wonders, miracles, and then somebody close to you dies. What do you do? Do you turn and say, forget this, I know it's called the king, but it's just easier not walking this direction anymore. Because trust me, if you read David's story, it'd be way easier for David just to go, leave. But instead, he says that he went and, okay, I'm going to read this. So this is good. First Samuel 30, 6 to 10. Now, so David was greatly distressed, but the people spoke of stoning him. Dude, these are the people around him. These are the very people that were running with him. Because the soul of the people were grieved. Every man for his sons and daughters, but David strengthened himself in the Lord. Actually, I want to stick on here for a second. Second, We have to be in an environment that you and those around you and your close people around you, it has to be safe to process life. Because look what it said. They wanted to kill him, but it was because they were grieved. There was a reason. doesn't mean it's a right reason. It means that it, they, they had to walk through the process. People around them, something happened, and now they have to walk through the journey. And if we don't have a place to make it safe to walk through that journey period, we're in trouble. Because David could have said, forget all you guys right now. He's hurting too. 
But he knew. These are the people around him. Then David said to uh, no, it's the souls of people agree. Every man for sons and daughters, but David's strengthened himself in the Lord. And then he gets the word of the Lord. That's so key. Um, then David sent to Abathar, the priest, Amalekites, whatever, son, please bring the ephod here to me. And the guy brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue the troops? Shall I overtake them? He answered, and pursue, for you shall over, surely overtake them without fail. Recover all. I love that. And then there's, there's just even more with David if you re- finish that story about how only certain, certain ones get to go with him. But he gets to bring all the abundance back to everybody. Because that's family. It's community. The process of life is the best part. You know that, I'll tell you something out of experience. I bet you those guys that were around David were already pretty tight. I bet you they're really tight now. When you go to adversity and go through situations, it's the greatest time for covenant to be made. Because covenant's always made with blood. It actually, it's always easy to get together when everything's going good. But when you actually go through a struggle as a family, you, if you come through that properly, you come so much stronger. Haven't you, if you've ever been in a situation when the people that were around you, when you felt the lowest, you feel so safe with them forever. Because you know they actually cared for you when it wasn't helping them. Oh, Jesus. I got I to, gotta, before time runs, I just want to make sure that behind the door, anybody, I forget your, I, your name. I need you to stand up. Yeah, sorry, with the glasses. Yeah, you guys, Bill, Bill and uh, Carol, right on. I just want to give you a word. Just, I feel, you don't have to stand, but I just feel like, like we get you to stand because I just want to like let the room surround you with the glory. Because during worship, I uh, clearly saw a lightning bolt hit you. And, uh, and lightning right away references me to me in the spirit is fresh life, but it's a newness and just like clearing the air. And I literally just saw the blessing Lord come over you guys. And I just saw just a, a breaker anointing coming to come into you guys. And that he was just going to, he was going to deal with some situations, but that I just saw fresh life coming and this growth all around you. And I felt like there were things that were stolen or being restored. Even, even um, thought patterns over you guys. It's just this, even, I don't, even old friendships and all, I don't understand exactly what I'm seeing, but it's like he's bringing people back that you, that, either, that you guys went and fought back for Ziglag. You went back and fought for them. And you're coming back and your heart's giving hearts. I can see that. And you literally are saying, hey, I want to give you our abundance, but they, they were mad at you that you left. And now they're going to go. And you, you're such a mother's heart. I see that so much over you. Just a blessing. And just, I don't know if you're like a really good cook or something, but I just, are you? Because I, I, yeah, you are. I see it. I just see people so blessed to come into your place and just eating and having a good time. Because you guys are fun. I feel like there's an atmosphere of fun and that you, that, that you guys have a childlike spirit around you. And just to be like, I just feel like God's just going to just, even, yeah, a whole nother, even in your home, it's just going to be a new shift. And it's just, yeah, it's just, yeah, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I love that. You guys are clapping. See, that's a cool in, in our culture because you're happy because you're excited for somebody. Because the prophetic word releases grace to do something you couldn't do before, right? It shifts it, right? Oh, come on. Let's Lord stir it up. Come on. I just let the fire come. Come on. This is totally off topic, but, I just, but uh, some of you guys, well, actually, it's part of the process. 
is staying on fire. And it was interesting the other day, I, I was waiting on the Lord, and he said, go put on this certain CD. It's, a, it's actually Michael Larson, way back, um, CD about Rend the Heavens and stuff. And it was interesting, because as soon as I put it on, it was like, it's glory. I'm like, whoa! And, and I said, Lord, whoa, that, this is like sweet. Like, I didn't even have to wait on anything, right? And he says, muscle memory, Kevin. Spiritual muscle memory. There's people here, if you're feeling dry, go find, go ask the Lord, what are some of the keys you can go back to? Because you have some muscle memory in there that's just going to spark you and bring you to another level. Whoa. Whoa, that's good. (laughs) This is fun. I just love God. He's just so good. I'm not getting anywhere. Praise God. Oh. Oh. Yeah, don't tack those around you. Whew. Now I'm really going Wow. But it's interesting. I'm going to throw some more stuff out there. I want to get back to that point where people around you, you have to choose to see them the way God sees them. Look at Moses. Those around him ridiculed him. Look at Noah. People around him ridiculed him. These are all people that had calls on their life. Then you've got Joseph, which I have a whole thing on. Joseph's story is crazy prophetic about walking through process. Then you've got... uh, David, we are talked about, but it's all the way through. It's almost the hardest thing sometimes are the closest people around you to believe that you're really called to. Because they get to know your normal. They get to know your weaknesses. That doesn't mean we have to believe. You have to gather people around you to believe you're where you're going. Make covenant with people. That you're not going to just give up on each other. Believe with each other. Come on. It's for the long haul. Oh, Jesus. So good. Okay. What time is it there? So I'm going to really go fast with Joseph because Joseph is just perfect for process. The guy gets a dream, goes and tells his family that they're going to bow down to him. Try that one. I wouldn't. But um, some people actually, some scholars, some theologians believe that if he wouldn't have told his parents and told his kids, I mean his brothers, he might have got a different path to his purpose. Because he had the same purpose. So that is a whole message in itself for there. Learn to know what to share. Like seriously. Like no, it's maturity, right? Do you guys know that when God speaks, you don't need to tell everybody everything? Have you ever met the person every time they hear anything? It's like, and the truth is you kind of just shut down listening to it. Oh no, it's the person, sorry, I better be careful. These are just funny. To me, it's funny, but it's the person that has like tells you every dream they have. It's like, okay. I, 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 well, can you interpret it? Well, I lost listening to you because I can't keep track of. There's so many dreams, and they, it's like, yes, I think it means you're, you should feed your dog. I don't know. Like, no, seriously. No, anyway, so that's just fun, right? Not against interpreting dreams. I love that. But literally, ask Jesus. Okay, can you do me a favor? Ask Jesus, ask the Holy Spirit to interpret it before you ask anyone else. Because you have the same spirit they have. And you know, this is my own little plug. Just because a book says something means something, like not, this book's different. This book says it, it's dead on. But a dream book says something, go with the spirit first. I have run into so many situations like, no, no, no. I'm like, I really don't think it means that, but that's okay. No, the book says that a great means this. And I'm like, Shh, whatever. Have fun. Oh, no. So then we got Joseph, and he's got his, uh, he goes. And then 
His brothers sell him off. Then he, then he goes to, that was Potiphar's house, right? Goes to Potiphar's house. Guess what he does? He knows what he's called to. And this is an interesting thing. When you study a lot of the major calls on people in the Bible, they're called to business, kingdom, kings. We so often, we need to shift from just prophesying people into the church. In the sense of roles in the church. I don't know if you've ever heard, there's an actual stat. It's 3% of people if, that there's even job, like positions for that would like, if you call it a paid job in the churches, it's 3% of the body of Christ. So 97% have to touch the world. That's, yeah, let's go study what it means. They're equippers. People in the church, we're equipping the saints so we can go do the work of the kingdom. You guys do it. Like, we're all supposed to be doing it. So, okay, so now he's in Potiphar's way, and, but this is so cool. He's doing his best. He's not waiting to get to somewhere, the big picture. He's in the process, but he goes, I'm going to take what's in front of me, and I'm going to work my best in it. And, and, and it's interesting, when you really choose to, and you're in the will of the Lord, and you're going after God, and you choose, it's the favor comes, because he's staying right, and all of a sudden, he's in charge of everything. And then he's, he thinks he's this close, man. He's, he probably actually, Joseph might have been thinking, hey, this is rulership. This is going to be my dream. Maybe this is the dreams that the Lord gave me. Maybe I'm at the top. And while he's doing all this great stuff, all of a sudden they're like, shoot, something happens. You guys, I don't get into too much. Basically, the pauper's wife tries to sleep with him. He runs off, and then he gets blamed for it. He gets falsely accused. Who's been falsely accused? So then he gets thrown into jail. But instead of getting bitter, he becomes the king who he's called to be, the leader he's called to be, in the prison. You guys, if you're feeling like you're in a prison right now, you're at a job you don't like, you're in a situation you like, become your best in it. Rise up. Become so amazing that God has to promote you. No, for real. He's a promoter. But he wants to see you do your best in any way you are. He's, he doesn't... Yeah. So now, he's in prison, and he gets a dream. And he starts, I guess he was interpreting dreams. We don't really know, but he must have not been, it wouldn't have been his first time if people were coming to him to interpret dreams. Let's just be honest. He's, because he has a relationship with the Lord. You don't, because, I, oh, we're out of time. This verse, that actually says that he tells him, isn't it God's job to interpret? Only God can. So, which means he's doing it through the, the right source. Let's put it that way, right? God. So he interprets these dreams. They get out of prison. How many times do you see them, the person next to you get to jump into their calling or what they've been waiting for and you're still sitting there? And you were part to play in it. And you're like, whoa, don't you remember me? No, I'm busy. <laughs> Seriously. But just a side note, if you study that story, one of those guys didn't last long when he got out. Because it might have been, maybe God would have had more grace on him if he would have said, hey, there's a guy in, you might, that you told you were going to tell about me. Remember, he, Joseph asked the people to tell about him and get him out of prison. So then he gets out, and it's so cool. Because you, just Joseph gets in, he ends up giving a dream to, to Pharaoh himself, and through that gets elevated to the second highest, the one underneath Pharaoh in all of Egypt. But see, there's a bigger picture. It wasn't about just his, it's not about his position. It was more about the purpose because he was sent ahead. He was sent ahead for what? 
for his whole family to come. And that's what he knew. Actually, I want to, um, this is cool. I'm just going to read this. Genesis 45, 1 to 8. This is after he's already doing all the work in Egypt. His brothers have come. He's messed with them a bit. It's okay to have fun, right? <laughs> I think it's hilarious what he does, actually, because he's like, I, probably he was in a process of wondering, what am I going to do with these guys? I never thought of it right now. He was probably in a process going, maybe I do want to torture these guys a bit, or forever. And probably in the midst of that is when he realized the real plan. Because again, we read scripture, reading it from it already happening. We have to realize these people didn't just know everything. It's a lot easier when you already know the end. He didn't know the end. Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, make everyone go out from me. So no one stood within, with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers, and he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph, does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. When Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. What a good heart. So he came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not, therefore, be grieved or angry with yourselves. This is so much like Jesus. Because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. For those two years the famine has been in the land, there still be five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a, a posterity for you in, in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he was made me my father to, uh, has made me a father to Pharaoh and the Lord of all his house and rule throughout all the land of Egypt. That is a crazy. He's fully realized and not held grudges. I'll tell you something. That's something Brent really has helped me with. Brent Borthwick, senior leader of this house. The guy has an ability to get beat up by somebody and he just forgives. doesn't even matter if they don't forgive. I've seen it countless times. And literally, he just, he, I'm like, this person will be somewhere and he'll just walk up to him and just love on him. I'm like, Brent, how do you do that? Years ago, I did not understand. I'm like, oh, you're crazy. They hurt us. What are you doing? He's like, no, I'm not going to hold a grudge. I'm not going to be, because he, he understands. Why, why, would, why would you allow somebody else's problems take away your joy? And it's amazing because I watch walls fall down every time he does it. And now I love it. I've done it too now. It's fun. Because when, if you know your heart and you know that you've made it, everything right as you could, that's up to them if they want to receive it or not. And you get to come boldly with them and be less love on them. Oh, man. And it's 12. Um, if, you don't, if we do not embrace God's process, we'll find ourselves in fr being very, very frustrated. We really, oh, this is, oh, this is a whole other thing. Um, you don't want to skip processes just because you don't think it aligns with your vision. Because you're just going to come around and around and around until you get it. Again, because he's a good father. He's not punishing you. You have to learn to be the king. Learn who you are. If, and, oh man. And we have to grow into the size of words that are given to us. You have to grow into them. And let God grow you. And don't, yeah. 
Oh, I have to go back. One last thing. Don't go kill your souls. You remember the story with David? He had an opportunity to kill Saul. You know what he says? He says, I, I, I can't kill the Lord's anointed. Guess who? Every, everyone can put their, if I say who's anointed in this room, you can put your hand up. If you're saved, you're anointed. Because he's the anointed one that anointed you. So be careful not to kill each other. Because that's what, it, and you want to know the best way and the fastest way to go through some processes is community. Get around each other. Have people to stir up with. Have people to walk through things. Have people that are actually going to live life with you. And we have to become vulnerable. Uh, a quote from Bill Johnson says, um, if you, what is it again? The, the ability to, somebody can only hurt you as far as you allow them to, to, allow them to love you. You know what I'm saying? If you don't allow people to love you, Real love allows you to hurt you. That's, what, that's, that's why Jesus said, why the Father had to put another tree in the garden. Because he had to make free will to make true love. Because you have to have a choice. If we never had a choice to go the other way, we could, it's not love. It's just a robot. Okay. Let's see what God wants. Let's, God's good. Keep walking. We'll keep going. I have so much more on that. But it's the pro- But it's a process. And sometimes the process and helping somebody through the process, just listen. Don't give them an answer. Men, we know that, right, with our wives? No, seriously, we're wired different, right? I'm like, I'll give you an answer. No, it doesn't work. They want to process with you. They want you to process to get rid of this kid. You guys want to stand? Just stand up. We're going to end here. Oh, my goodness. Lord, we just thank you that we're in a journey. But the journey's fun. Because we choose to look at it with the eyes of seeing it through your perspective. And Lord Jesus, if there's things right now that have been in our lives that we have forgotten to do what you told us to do, remind us. Lord, we just want, we want to be on the journey. Oh, well, the journey of everything you have. And in this, before I finish, keep praying, there's hope. <laughs> there's hope. Everything I'm talking about is hope, right? This is the process. I forgot to process the fact that we have an Advent candle. candle. And so, <laughs> I felt Chuck and Rianne were actually supposed to light it. Oh, Rianne, are you going to do that? There's a lighter here. This is interesting because if you study the, this all goes along with it, but is that is that there's hope. And, and the original stuff was that there was a hope and there was a prophetic decree that a Messiah was coming, going to be born. Because we're in Christmas season here, right? But you know what's so cool? Is that we are, the Messiah was already born and he's coming back. He already did everything for us. So now we get to be excited and that there's a hope. So when you're walking through this process, we have a hope because he gave us the Spirit of the Lord. We have hope because we know that it's good. We have hope because he knows we know he's coming back for a glorious bride, and we're the bride, so we get to get glorious. Right? So, Lord, I ask for you to just hope into their situations. Lord, I ask for the spirit of you, just hope and excitement, Lord God. Lord, I, I just I keep on feeling the Lord's just saying, 
stuff in your homes. I just pray that for that breaker anointing to come into your homes, that hope would come into our homes. Fire, God fires would start, Lord, for the youngest to the oldest, God. And Lord, I just I decree the, the spirit of prophecy to come into their homes. Lord, to declare things that are not to come into existence right now. Lord, I thank you for the, like, like we decree, the checks in the mail, finance, even over Christmas. I pray and release an abundant spirit over Windward's family this Christmas. Lord, there'd be more than enough. More than enough in their homes. That this would be one of those Christmas that'd be the greatest that they look back and say, oh man, it can only get greater. Like it was good and it was the best and it would build such an atmosphere of God, you would bring in hope for even the best. For more. For more. Lord, thank you that you're stirring up your body. And Lord, I thank you that we are a family that are running together, arm in arm, hand in hand. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, give us eyes to see those that are that may be struggling or dragging behind, that we grab them and lift them up. Lord, we be like those who lifted up Moses' arms. Come on, that is a huge prophetic picture. You have the leader, the, the Moses, and his arms are getting weak, and they came and propped them up. Because it's never about one man or one woman. We need each other. Lord, I just thank you and I ask you to release your fire. I pray that anyone that needs a miracle in this room, right now, I just, Lord Jesus, right now, oh, Jesus, I just, I just have a sense right now, just, just receive right now. We choose to step into it. Some of you guys just need to realize it's, it's, it's just a mind change. It's just a declaration. It's just, it's even, again, it's your homes. Shifting the, the, what is spoken. Shifting what is spoken. I declare of you that you are giant killers. And you have everything you need. You got your smooth stones. You got your slingshot. And all you had to do was wing it. And you know what? It's, I feel like there's just such a grace over us that you could even, you can swing that thing and throw it any direction you want. It's going to knock down your giant. Lord, we just decree that right now. It's literally, it's like the dispatching angels to take those rocks and just place them where they need to land, right in the forehead. But I feel like he just said, but make sure that you then take the sword and cut off the head so you can't get back up. We don't know for a fact, but there's interest in to cut off his head. So maybe it just knocked him out. Don't let the enemy rise back up. You, when you're a victory, you are in victory. So Lord, just thank you, Jesus. Lord, let them have an incredible week. Lord, let a passion and a stirring ignite even more. Lord, I ask that you would just release and remind them of your, of your uh, muscle memories, God. Just feel that's a word, your muscle memory. That it's like, boom, you can start there. You don't have to go back all the way. Amen. We'll have a prayer team up here. Come, be blessed. You guys are incredible.